You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a podcast supported by listeners like you. To contribute, visit patreon.com slash I Have Some Notes. Hey Scott, what about a movie where Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch bounce around the multiverse? I don't know. The multiverse thing is getting pretty played out lately. I mean, Spider-Verse nailed it. Everything Everywhere All at Once nailed it. Loki nailed it. Hell, there's even another movie with Doctor Strange where he helps a bunch of Spider-Mans nail it. Damn it. You're right. You know what? I'm going to go find a different timeline where this idea is fresh and new. I know. I'll dust off the old international podcast portal that Karen used in our 100th episode to bring Colin back. Wait, so now your pitch is relying on a trivial detail established that many episodes ago? I doubt our listeners even remember that, Greg. I have some Hey, shut up! Bye! Welcome to We Have Some Thoughts, the movie podcast with fixes and remixes for pretty good movies requested by you. I'm Anita Bourgeois. And I'm Glenna Showalter. And we're joined by... Greg? Yeah, hi. I have a pitch for a Doctor Strange movie that takes place across multiple universes. A movie based on a Marvel comic? Pfft, that's absurd. I have some notes. Uh, come on! Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the movie podcast with cuts, keeps, punch-ups, and tweaks on mediocre movies, as suggested by you. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. And I'm Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing the much-requested, many a listener has asked us for this one, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. They keep teeing up those Marvel movies for us. The people love them. The algorithm loves them. I love them. I love them. I'm, I'm a Marvel stan. I have seen everything in phase four in the theater. I watched the Disney Plus stuff. I gobble this garbage up. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and the best part is it's mostly in our sweet spot because most of them are okay but flawed films. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, just putting everything in the old podcast canon. Yeah, so I saw this in theaters. How about you guys? Was this your first time with it? Uh, no, I, I had seen it previously also on Disney+. Plus. I had uh, decided that I would not watch this uh, f- because I was sure that we would be doing it for the show. <laughs> Fair. You wanted to come into it fresh. Yeah. Uh, then now the next obvious question would be like, well, what did you think of it? But it's it's actually not because germane to this conversation. I also have to, have to ask, who here has seen WandaVision? I did watch WandaVision. I also watched WandaVision. Nope. Greg? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think that might have impacted your enjoyment of this. Uh, and it even impacted my enjoyment of it. Because I, today, to do my homework, went and watched the last episode of WandaVision. Uh, and first of all, I forgot how good WandaVision is. It slaps. Brings me right back to, to peak lockdown times when it was just exciting that we had this like big, cool Marvel thing uh, to watch while we're all huddled away. Um, but also... There is so much in that last episode of WandaVision that is extremely relevant, like extremely relevant to this movie, that it is absurd that they just assume you remember the last episode of WandaVision. Because uh, they're released about almost a year and a half apart. Yeah. And uh, the movie the movie doesn't do a great job recapping what happened in WandaVision. Mm-mm. Um, and also kind of retreads some of the same stuff from WandaVision at the same time. It's, it really does seem like the, the showrunners and the movie people were not really talking to each other outside of some very broad story notes that the movie people were maybe given. And it shows like that's, that's the case. Yeah. I can say as, as someone who did not watch uh, WandaVision that the reveal of Wanda as a villain so early in the film um, was confusing and did not work for me. Um, I'll be honest, even as someone who saw WandaVision and forgot exactly how 
sinister her turn is in the end of the last episode of WandaVision, how like it's it's such she is like she kind of like compromises herself uh to to conclude WandaVision set in a satisfying way. She takes on the persona of the Scarlet Witch, starts thumbing through the dark hold. I, I saw this. I forgot about that. So yeah, the the just Wanda being a villain right out of the gate in this movie also didn't work for me, and I saw WandaVision. So <laughs> it's, I mean, fun movie. Maybe bang out some of what we like, because this is a real multiversal tangled mess that we, not only do we have a lot to, to try to fix with it and discuss, but we had lots of lists of comments as well. So I'd love to get right into the fixing. Uh, but I do want to talk somewhat about, you know, what what did we like about this? What was fun? I, it's well-directed. Um, Sam yeah. Raimi is a guy who knows how to direct a film, and it's delightful to see him sink his teeth into another comic book property. While the the plot and the story maybe have flaws, it it looks good. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a well-shot, well-executed film, and and I'll give Sam Raimi big props for that. Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I liked the echoes of Raimi that existed in this movie. Um, I, I feel like it doesn't, at least to me, it didn't feel like I was watching a total Raimi film. Uh, I just felt like every once in a while, you know, the camera would move in a certain way, um, or there would be like a, you know, a, a, pov or zoom or something like that and like there he is and then Mm -hmm. it would sort of disappear into standard marvel directing so i I, like those parts i did enjoy um that were you know obvious callbacks and it's always fun to see bruce campbell i I was i enjoy that he had a had a cameo yeah there's 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 a very cool movie underneath a bunch of really ugly patchwork studio notes and ham-fisted franchise building uh that like it's almost two layers like you can you can see the seams in a way that that really doesn't serve the greater mcu or this specific film in a way that that doesn't serve either of them well yeah this is something that uh we actually discussed in our discord which uh if you're a listener you should definitely sign up for we'll have more on that coming up um earlier today, the day that we're recording this, um, where I had brought up that uh, when you're telling an overarching story over the course of whether it be a season of television or multiple movies, uh, it is okay in your serialized storytelling to have episodes that are episodic, that do Mm -hmm. their own thing, that build the world, that allow the characters some time to breathe and develop, that don't necessarily serve the overall plot. And when I thought about it more, a lot of the best MCU movies do that, even Mm -hmm. if they're part of the, the overarching plot, like Captain America Winter Soldier, like Thor Ragnarok. Like, apparently, haven't seen it yet, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. They largely hang by themselves with a little bit of connective tissue that that links it back to the greater whole. And this maybe could have been a movie like that, where we could have explored a different part of the Marvel Universe without necessarily it linking to the big overarching plot. And it kind of got bogged down in its own metaplot stuff with the larger universe. And, and maybe... Maybe that's the big flaw in this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I would be inclined to agree. Um, specifically, not even just getting bogged down in its like meta context, but just like operating on a level of assumption that you know certain details that prevent this movie from standing on its own ever. You true, you truly cannot watch this movie without having seen WandaVision recently. <laughs> One of the big criticisms that Marvel Comics gets uh, is that it's very difficult for a new person to get into the comics because there's so much history and so much meta story that it's inscrutable to a new reader. That's one of the reasons why they keep resetting the DC universe is so that there's an entry point every like couple years for someone new to come in. Um And for the longest time, the Marvel movies didn't have that problem because they largely kind of stood on their own and there were fewer of them. So, like, it was an easier 
time to get into it. We're past that point. The movies are now squarely in the same problem that the comics were, where to watch one of the newer movies, you have to know so much of what was going on or it's not going to make sense. Yeah. It's even worse than the comics. Sorry, Greg, but it's even worse than the comics because in comics, they can do that little note from the editor thing. The little asterisk, like as seen in Spider-Man 162, (laughs) just to like, we're talking about something that happened in a different comic. Roll with it. You can't do that in a movie. So it's even harder than the, 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 the comics. Sorry, Greg. Yeah. I have to wonder if Marvel, the studio is, is reacting to changing fan expectations. I think maybe that there's, a feeling amongst fans that um, things previous to phase four were more interconnected than they were when they were really mostly loosely connected mm-hmm. um, either by, a, you know, a post credit scene or just like, you know, a couple characters popping in here, here and there. But yeah, like for the most part, they weren't. So I, what I feel like happening in this newer version of, of Marvel is that, the need for everything to interlock is greater uh, and mm-hmm. thus making it more impenetrable and harder to do when you're not sitting with everybody in the same room, hashing everything out all at once. Yeah. There's a reason why like a television show has a big writer's room, right? Yeah. And if like these, if, if you're, you know, and like if these movies aren't writing in that particular fashion, then things aren't going to feel like they belong together. And, you know, like for, for audiences that are, that are going to the movies, um, you know, maybe they can get past that. Um, this one feels like uh, something that kind of ended up uh, offending both sides of the coin a little bit, both people yeah. who had watched Wanda and people who hadn't, where people who hadn't felt a little left behind and people who had felt like, uh, it wasn't connected enough. Uh, so they were really they were like retreading the same thing. Right. And the, yeah. yeah, so they just like, they, <laughs> they tried to, they tried to, you know, go down the middle of that street and just like ended up veering all over the place. But also I don't think this movie is without saving. And I, I certainly have a lot of thoughts. So I would, I'd really love to get into our fixes. So uh, without further ado, just remind everyone uh, that of course this was directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Stephen Strange, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, uh, Chiwete Ejiofor as Baron Mordo, Benedict Wong as Wong, uh, Sochil Gomez as America Chavez, and Rachel McAdams as Christy, Dr. Christine Palmer. Uh, but let's go to the plot summary. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. And we don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. I'm sorry, Stephen. Your desecration of reality will not go unpunished. We should tell him the truth. Doctor Strange is moping about lost love when he discovers a teenage girl being attacked by a large magic squid eyeball thing. America Chavez can hop between dimensions and is being hunted for her power by an unknown force, except that unknown force is former Avenger Wanda Maximoff. Wanda really wants to be a mom and has quite reasonably concluded the best way to become one is to steal children from an alternate version of herself where she has kids. Also, she's willing to brutally murder everyone in order to do it. But she's not a monster. Definitely not. Strange and America must travel the marvelous multiverse filled with Disney TMIP to find a real good book to to read as opposed to the bad one that Wanda's reading. <laughs> um, I guess if we're going to go right into fixes, let's start there. Ma- Wanda doesn't murder a bunch of people. <laughs> That's pretty easy. <laughs> or, okay, hang on. Or she does because uh, the, in my opinion, the biggest issue with this, 
there's, there's sort of three glaring issues that this we need to fix, in my opinion. One is that it is never at any point established how Wanda knows about America. At all. It never comes up. I even looked at it. I read uh, like wiki summaries. <laughs> I googled. I literally typed in how does Wanda know who America is and what she can do and found a whole blog post being like she doesn't. It's the biggest problem in the movie. She doesn't. Um, so that right there. Problem. Uh, problem number two. What the dark hold is and how it is some kind of corrupting force book of the damned is explained very eloquently and very brilliantly by Kristen Hahn in the last episode of, of WandaVision. It is never brought up here. She just got it. The movie starts and she's just waving it around in her orchard. Yep. Um, so th- those two things, uh, I know I said three, but I kind of forgot my third one. So those, are, in my opinion, are the two biggest fixes or problems that need to be fixed. Also, she does brutally murder a bunch of people in this movie. She kills an alternate universe's version of the Avengers, including Peggy Carter. (laughs) And all those wizards uh, and sorcerers at... um, Yeah, she straight up murders a whole bunch of people at uh, Kamartage. Kamartage, yeah, that's where this one Yeah. She just about kills that Minotaur. That Minotaur was awesome. I want a movie about that Minotaur. Yeah. Also, I think that Minotaur is in Shang-Chi, which is fun. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I was getting those vibes of like, you know, being an outsider during the Comertage scene because there's like all these different characters milling about. And I was like, oh, yeah, like if I was a comic book fan, I'd be like, there's that guy and he was in this, you know, issue or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I was like, mm, whatever. Because, <laughs> yeah, the... Most of the issues with this are in the first act because it it kind of makes no sense. And by the end of it, like you've seen enough cool multiverse stuff. There's been some action. We You've kind of forgotten how convoluted the beginning is. I find it does get better. It was really the first act I had the biggest issue with. And then it like, you, Scott, you disagree? Uh, the whole thing did, we, did we see a lot of cool multiverse stuff? It feels <laughs> like we didn't really see that much multiverse stuff. Yeah, it feels think- like we jumped to all of like, three dimensions and then a whole bunch in a montage i i feel like we could have seen more multiverse stuff really yeah i mean like uh, like to make an unfair comparison Mm. uh everything everywhere all at once um uses the multiverse in really interesting ways to tell a story about something like it like it's they they use it to be a driving force for uh almost all the characters in this movie. It is simply a backdrop Uh, so much so that like most of like Scott just said, most of what we just see from the multiverse is like a very brief 30 second to a minute scene where they plow through a bunch. And then we just end up in one alternate dimension. So really total. Yeah. yeah, selling short the idea that this is the multiverse of madness when we really don't get to see much of it at all, which is really unfortunate. Um, I, yeah. I, I Then I want to go back to something you said uh, where everything, every all at once used the multiverse to say something about something. Maybe we should start here. What is this movie about? What is the what is the, the takeaway? What is the arc we see the villain and the hero go through loss. Interesting. I have a different pitch, but please elaborate. Doctor Strange has lost the woman that he loves. Not per like not to death, but I mean and and not necessarily out of his life, but she's marrying someone else. He's mm-hmm. dealing with that loss. Wanda's dealing with the loss of vision. At least in my version, she's dealing with the loss of vision and not the loss of her mm-hmm. kids, but uh, and America Chavez is dealing with the fact that she is lost. She has lost her family. All three of our primary characters are dealing with loss in different ways and with different levels of like uh, healthy coping. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say this movie is about loss and dealing with that loss and trying to recover from that loss. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, I think I like that better than what I was going to say, which is the idea that you have to like heal your no i can i can build on that in processing loss and grief you don't have to do it alone in fact it's better if you don't do it alone it's fact it's better if you don't do everything alone it's always better with your friends because that was they tried to 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 tow that in the beginning when he's at the uh 
wedding and the guy next to him's like, did it really have to be like that with Thanos? And he's like, yeah, it actually really did have to be like that with Thanos. Uh, and then at one point, uh, Christine's like, you're always the one who's got to be holding the knife. You're always the one who's got to do it yourself. Trust in your, you know, your friends and your family to help you. Um, I think that is the the other half of the lost coin is it's like, don't let loss shroud you from the fact that you've got people who are supporting you in your life. And that's and and that relates to America Chavez wanting to go it mm-hmm. alone through the multiverse. And that relates to Wanda trying to recoup her losses all by herself rather than getting help. So that it all ties together. Yeah. And it all it all boils down to loss. <laughs> yeah. The other, the other interesting thing I think this movie posits and plays with, um, but maybe doesn't go far enough with, is, is the the question of like, can can we change truly? You know, yeah. like you know, Doctor Strange has multiple versions of himself, and they've all made similar mistakes and and gone mm-hmm. bad in mm-hmm. very different reasons. And like in every version of the universe that we see, he does not end up with um, Rachel McAdams. Um, Similarly, you know, you've got uh, America Chavez who um, feels like she can't, she can't break free of of uh, her own her fear or whatever. Like she can't, she can't make that change to be able to control herself to control those those powers. Um, and in, in a in a certain sense, uh, Wanda's has an inability uh, to let go of her need for to be a mother. Um, mm-hmm. right. And, and can't get past that. So, yeah, my, my fix leans heavily on, on reestablishing or establishing that in every universe, except the one we know, Dr. Strange is kind of a selfish dick who tries to go it alone. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of, they almost get there in this one, but no, I don't think it's explicit enough, uh, to the, to the detriment of the film. Yeah. So. In some ways, I would I would have loved to have seen like a version of that where like the idea of like can we change, can we not change, where you know we get one arc where someone does change and one arc where they totally don't, and like it would be kind of like if that's the route if if you're going to kill Wanda, that's the route that she would take. She just like can't get over it, and that's yeah right. And the the dark hold is the physical manifestation of that drive towards selfishness. Yeah. Um. Also, for what it's worth, uh, in the What If series on Disney Plus, the Doctor Strange episode is already basically this, yeah, where he's like can't deal with the lot. So, like, not only does Wanda uh, basically have to redo the lesson she learned in WandaVision, but also we've seen a story where Doctor Strange has to reckon with the loss of Christine. Um, so it's been done for both characters already when this movie starts in other media. Yep. Um, which I thought was very funny uh, when I rewatched the, the what if episode today. Yep. It's uh, it's real clumsy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have quite a long fix that kind of tries to take what's here and um, remold it into something that makes a lick of damn sense. Um, but then also when, ta- when talking to my partner, I also have a short version uh, that just kind of cleans it up uh, real quickly and doesn't mess with too much. Uh, if you'll if you'll indulge me, sure. Let's start with the short, short version. The short version. So at the end of Wandavision, she is she has not only become the Scarlet Witch by sucking up all the power or whatever, but she's cracked open the Dark Hold and is being perverted by it, corrupted by it. Um, that needs to be in this movie in some way, explained in some way that that is her new her new reality, her new everyday. So the short version is. Wong and Doctor Strange get hip to the fact that the Scarlet Witch is on the scene. There's been a disruption in the arcane forces. Ooh, the prophecy is coming true. They just, they know because they're magic guys that they can feel the Scarlet Witch is here now. And they go to her and they're like, hey, don't mess with the Darkhold. You're going to bring about chaos. And she's like, don't even sweat, dog. I just learned my lesson with the whole Westview thing. I've had an arc. I've had a change. I'm not a monster. don't, Don't even worry about it. And they're like, okay, fine, but we're watching you. And then Doc and Wanda both have the same dream where they both meet America and also Wanda's kids exist. So they're like in some world together where they meet America, see what she can do, and also Wanda's kids exist. Uh, At some point, they both learn or know a character tells them that glimpses into alternate dreams are glimpses into alternate realities. And Wanda's like, well, then, then there's a universe where my kids exist. I didn't know that before. And I've got this corrupting dark hold on me. 
let's go get America Chavez. Let's go suck up her power. I can protect my kids in perpetuity. I can find a universe where I have kids where they actually exist. They're not figments of my imagination. Fucking let's go. However, Doc, who had the same dream, knows who America is, meets America first. And now the two are chased by Wanda through the multiverse of madness, fighting off a combination of dream watch, dream walking Scarlet Witches and alternate Doctor Stranges. This is important. Alternate Doctor Stranges who are all consistently dicks who try to kill America and or side with Wanda. They're all on the side of the trolley problem that's like, kill the one person for the betterment of all. Kill the one person for the betterment of all. You got to be the one to do it, Strange. You got to hold the knife. Uh, but 616 Strange is like done with that. He's done making calculated trolley problem calls uh, after the whole Thanos thing, especially where he's the one who's got to pull the lever. So he swears that he can find a universe for Wanda, protect America, and undo the damage from incursions. And he can because it's a superhero movie and he's a superhero, but he can't do it without the help of his friends. You you made a better movie. That's the short one. Liam. That's the short version. <laughs> you already did it. You made a better movie. Yeah. So you explain what the dark hold is. You explain how they both know what America can do. And then you just have them run around the multiverse trying to learn a lesson about the power of friendship. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that my fix is um, terribly different uh, than that. I think mostly I think my approach to Wanda is probably the, the largest deviation. Um, Go on. Because I figured that in order to fit in a bunch of exposition and to help people along who haven't necessarily seen everything in, in Marvel, Wanda either needs to be um, someone who is in the process of being corrupted or is hiding her corruption. Yeah. And it is therefore in initially in the movie uh, working with Doctor Strange and Wong so mm -hmm. that they they begin to hop universes with America Chavez and at some point, like let's say we're we've got the version where uh, Wanda is in the process of being corrupted. At some point in the universe hopping, she sees herself with the kids, and then all that stuff that was presumably, I assume, in the previous show starts to build up in her again, where she's just like, yeah. and, and and again, going with what I said earlier, like she just is. Uh, she's not able to change. It's it's like she's pushed inevitably towards this this thought of like I have to have my children. I can't do anything about it. Not that I love this whole thing about her stealing other children, or whatever. But like whatever. Um, <laughs> but 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 at least like that way, I I think that's an easier entry point for people who are just casual moviegoers uh mm. for this movie um but also i think like it's spent you know it just your movie as a whole is always gotta have all the pieces to it and like regardless of the fact that like this is an interconnected story like it's it's com not satisfying if you don't do the work and develop that character properly so when yeah. we see wanda for two seconds and then all of a sudden she's a corrupted villain like that for me is completely unsatisfying. And when it gets to the end, I don't give a shit that she killed herself. I don't care. <laughs> like yeah. it, like you've, you've kind of ruined it for me. So have, going through a process of like seeing what s seeing her kids does to her and how that chain, how that brings up all these, all these feelings and how she inevitably gets corrupted by them. That's a much more interesting movie. And not only that, but because we're going through hopping through the universes, I, I like probably like looking for clues to where this um, good book is. The other thing is you have to have some sort of like other um, corrupting influence floating about that they're fighting against because it's not just Wanda in, in this version. Right. So I don't know what that would be. I know there's problems well, with this. Pitch, but <laughs> well, no, actually, no, I, I was following your thing. She is the corrupted version because she's the first half of the movie is just them trying to help America control her powers, find her family, not cause, you know, learn that in doing this, they're maybe causing incursions. Right. Um, 
And then at about the halfway point, Wanda snaps because she sees a version where her kids exist. And now they've got to like stop Wanda from going mad in the multiverse of madness and unlearning all of the shit she learned in WandaVision. Right, right. So no, I I like your pitch quite a bit. It's sort of a more elegant version of what I was saying where they both dream of America and the kids. It's just like, no, they're just stomping around the multiverse. And she's like, oh, wait, shit, there's a universe where my kids exist. This changes everything. I'm (laughs) I'm bad guy now. And there's there's an elegant way to do that too. You can still have America pop into their universe. Uh, Doctor Strange recognizes uh, that she's a dimensional traveler. Realizes he needs help from someone who has access to information about the multiverse. Knows that that information is only in the Darkhold, and knows that Wanda was the last person to have her hands on the Darkhold. He goes to Wanda Maximoff to ask for help. She ironically could be the one to warn him that messing around in the multiverse can be dangerous, but agrees to go along. The three of them start looking for America's home. And then when she sees that dimension where her kids are alive, it sets her off. And ironically, she's the one who goes crazy and and starts using magic for evil, uh, despite Mm. being the one to warn Doctor Strange against doing it at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's a really elegant way to work with with Greg's pitch there. I really like it, actually. Yeah, and he, and we, you know, as they have this, they're they're exploring themes of loss and, uh, you know, who who can you rely on, who can you count on? I do think we lose in this version maybe some of the version where like Doctor Strange is an asshole in every universe but one. Um, but well, that's fine. If we, I don't yeah. think that's necessarily the case either because Greg mentioned there should be some other force working against them for the first part of the movie, and I think that's another Doctor Strange. Oh, you know oh, what it yeah. is then? You know what it is? Our Doctor Strange sees the good in people and believes people can change, so he trusts 616 Wanda with the Darkhold, because she's an Avenger, she's on the lunchbox, she helped all time. I trust you with the Darkhold, I'm sure it won't corrupt you. And then every universe they go to, the Doctor Strange who's there flips his shit and is like, you can't let her have the Darkhold. And they've got every universe, they've got to fight some other asshole Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, Strange, who's who's the one who wants to pull the lever on the trolley problem, and because because they all know that it's a terrible idea to give Wanda Maximoff the Darkhold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which it turns out to be, but then Doctor Strange fights it with the power of friendship. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you still have that like that constant threat and that pressure in the earlier part of the movie. And then you still get the twist when Wanda loses it and starts like fully villaining up and becomes an existential threat uh, to everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Scott, I, we're oh, sorry. Just as like just. And for someone who's only watched the the movies, I have not really watched all the TV shows. I, I think like that to me is like um, a more satisfying journey for for Wanda, just because it it feels like it comes uh, so much out of out of nowhere. And like I kind of I always kind of like that character a little bit. And uh, is uh, she has probably arguably some of the the stronger stuff in the in the Avengers films, uh, the meteor uh, arc. So like it's it's uh, you know it's it would be nice if in the movie version she got like a proper send off, even if it means a descent into villainy. Which I, you know that's the way the comics go. So I understand why they want to go that way. I I would like to add one other thing too. I don't think she should just find a universe where her kids are alive. She should find a universe where Vision and her kids are alive. Oh, like yeah, I think I a, think Vision, vision is missing pitch. from this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that 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 needs to be a key. Is that it should be not just my kids are here. Vision and my kids are here. My family is here. Yeah. I can be happy with everyone I love here. Also, by adding in Vision, you get one extra universe where maybe he's the physical threat. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what that looks you like. Could, but you could have a cool good. fight with with uh, an alternate Vision. You could even have an alternate Vision team up with the good guys at some point, yep. uh, which would really be a blow to to Wanda and help her recognize like her descent into villainy. Again, it's retreading water that WandaVision did. I'll, I'll freely admit that. But yeah. I think at some point they established that like, moving a person over from one universe to the other itself can be the cause of an incursion. Yeah. That was the, yeah. Yeah. So like, boy, our incursions not explained very well. No, (laughs) 
but at the very like i think that sets up a pretty easy way of having like a a, a climax where you know wanda does bring those children to her universe and that's that's the main reason that they're they're having to to stop her is because it's creating a massive incursion and she's basically going to implode the entire multiverse just by yeah just- this you know <laughs> the, the 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 dream walking causes incursions but america doesn't cause incursions <laughs> it's such a like it's so convoluted and then you've got the the book of the damned but you've got the uh book of ashanti but you've mm-hmm. also got the 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 uh, mount wondergore where the book is written on the wall um you've got america who's kind of a macguffin herself there's also like yeah there's almost yeah. too many macguffins yeah um, I, in both versions i wrote there's no book of ashanti <laughs> you don't really I, need I feel like i feel, feel like our version kind of completely forgot about the the dream walking uh yeah, which might which be a shame because I, the the, uh, the i did like the undead uh the possessing the undead to fight wanda at the end that was pretty cool um i i'd hate to lose that but yeah i don't know i mean sometimes you just have to um to uh, let your darlings go, right? And, yeah, and gonna, choose a different path. There's other <laughs> yeah. cool things we can do. The the dreamwalking is pretty unnecessary if you're just having them physically go to more interesting places, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you can you can lose a couple cool set pieces by making up for it by having a couple other cool set pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if we're fighting other versions of Doctor Strange along the way, uh, you can still yeah. You have you have a. a some somewhere in there you have vision they still have a cool showdown with an alternate baron mordo because there could literally be just be a, an undead doctor strange because there's they could go into the zombie like a universe. marvel center yeah. yeah yeah it does get a little what iffy the, the what we're pitching here which i was like i like i said i have a second version that's less of a page one rewrite than what we're pitching here is because what we're pitching here is gets very close to just doing what if the movie <laughs> um not that even that'd be a bad thing, but um, the What If series really tackles that like big, far-reaching, strange, lowercase s, strange uh, alternate realities. Because um, I do the other thing that just just a quick it's a, a simple note for this movie as it exists now. The scene with Patrick Stewart where he flat out says, "Hey, every Doctor Strange we've ever met has been an asshole, but let's see what this one can do." was such a great like line and moment and like professor XE kind of thing to do. And I really liked it. And if you watch this movie five seconds later, Mordo undermines it, but being like, no, actually this guy's a dick. He's got to go. Um, and I didn't like that. I don't, I just, that's a note for this. If no, nothing else, that's a note for this movie as it exists was like, don't have Baron Mordo immediately undermine what professor X said. Yeah. Also, while we're cutting lines, I did not like when he said "Aluma Wuddy" to the phrase <laughs> "Illuminati." I was like, "What?" Even if the word "Illuminati" doesn't exist in six one six Marvel Universe, anytime <laughs> someone responds with a, a, a super Wuddy, like in De- I think it's the the first Deadpool movie when it's like Negasonic teenage Negasonic teenage what? I'm like, don't I, I hate the I hate the half a letter and a what or half a half a word and a what? Mm, yeah. Personal preference. Yeah, it's a little, um, I don't know, what's the hacky. word? Hacky. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. It would have been much what? more interesting, honestly, if he'd been, if rather than Illuma what, he had been like Illuminati. Back where I come from, those guys are remembered as bad guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those guys are a secret society that control the world. It's like, yeah, yeah you want to meet them? Are you like the lizard people? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fantastic reveals himself to be a lizard person. <laughs> Um, well, I think just, we've more or less kind of pitched a, almost a page one rewrite where it's just Wanda, America, and Doc jumping through the multiverse and having a good time. Uh, but that's until a it's not a good time. <laughs> until it's not a good time. Uh, but a little close to the Spider-Verse, a little close to What If, and really does kind of page one rewrite this movie as it stands. Uh, so if uh, you'll all indulge me, when we come back from the break, I have some suggestions for how this movie uh, can be fixed with a little more of what's on the page. And hopefully we can have some fun riffing on multiverse shenanigans, things we could see in the multiverse, and we'll get our listener comments. Um, But we'll hear that when we come back. In the warring mega towers of a cyberpunk dystopia, four teenagers use their modified hoverboards to sneak into other dimensions. It's dangerous. It's stupid. 
It's completely outlawed by the giant corporations that own the entire world. And it's the coolest thing ever. This is Slug Blaster. Brinley is going to use her beam like a grappling hook. Scampion, foam jet right to the center of the disc. A bunch of lightning just sort of crackles around him. This is our chance to put our crew on the map. Yeah, it pleases me to know that I have done well. At the last possible moment, you fire. Quantum Kickflip, a Slug Blaster actual play podcast. Listen to new episodes every other Wednesday. Welcome back to I Have Some Notes. We're talking Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, so before I came up with the shorter version that kind of happened this afternoon in watching uh, uh, WandaVision and uh, What If, to sort of refresh my memory. Also, Greg, you said you liked Wanda. Check out WandaVision because it's great. And that whole last episode will really uh, uh, almost make you like this movie better because <laughs> you'll know I, what the hell is going on. At the, at the- <laughs> The risk of repeating myself from previous episodes. I'm a little down on the Marvel stuff these days, and I'm. Uh, I think I'm. Uh, aside from doing it for the show, I'm taking a little breaky. Fair. <laughs> well, if you do pick a, a pick a Disney Plus series, One Division is is one of the better ones. So, um, but uh, this is my pitch for this movie with pretty much all of the elements still intact just cleaned up a little. And like I said, the biggest problems are how does Wanda know who and what America is? What is the dark hole and why is it corrupting? You can't just have her holding it being the Scarlet Witch at the top because nobody remembers what happened at the end of WandaVision. So. so if you will indulge me, the cold open, instead of it being Ponytail Strange and America running away from a monster trying to get the Book of Ashanti, the cold open instead is a team of alternate Avengers that features Ponytail Strange what I'm going to call Ponytail Wanda. Basically, it's the Ponytail Avengers. Yeah. They can, well, I want to get into like what that might look like later, but for sake of conversation, imagine your favorite Marvel characters with a ponytail. That's who's there uh, on this universe. And they are trying to stop an incursion. America is also there. And it's stated that she can travel between dimensions, but she can't control it. The Avengers, the Ponytail Avengers, blame her for the incursion and are debating that trolley problem of killing her to save other universes as they fight the incursion. Maybe incursions involve crazy monsters like the big octopus thing at the beginning uh, coming out. Specifically, Ponytail Strange is advocating for killing her and taking her powers, kind of like he does in the cold open of this movie. It all culminates in the death, uh, it all culminates in his death at the hands of the Avengers or a monster or maybe Ponytail Wanda, uh, and his corpse and America get yeeted to 616. Um, so that's how I changed the cold open. Thoughts so far? It's, a, it's much more clearly multiverse stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And we get a, a, a clear, at some version of Wanda and some version of Strange have met America. So, great. The next thing we see is a montage of Wanda dreaming of worlds where she's a mom. It's like a, yeah, it's a montage. One of those worlds is Ponytail World. Uh, and 616 Wanda learns that there's a girl who can travel between the multiverse. The Darkhold is in her possession from WandaVision, and in her waking hours, when she's not dreaming of worlds where she has a kid, it is tempting the shit out of her. Uh, it's whispering that she can have it all, a world with her kids, as well as America's power to protect them in perpetuity, which is like briefly explored in this movie as it is, but it comes way late, like too late in my opinion, uh, the, the version we all saw. All she has to do, according to the book that's like taunting or whatever, is to dreamwalk, take the power as Ponytail Strange tried to do. Real like evil dead kind of like taunty whisper fun. The book should have maybe some personality like no one's going to help you, Wanda. You have to do it all by yourself. So that way her arc from WandaVision was learning that she can't make people do stuff. Greg, for and anyone else who didn't see WandaVision, the whole thing is she like forces a town to live her delusion and all these poor people are basically being like psychically tortured. Um, so if she's learned that, then the the wrong lesson to take from that is, well, I got to do it by myself. And it's like, no, okay, I can't force people. Guess I have to do it alone. And it's like, no, you can get help organically. We see the ponytail universe from the montage one more time, but this time Strange wakes up from the dream where he dies and meets America, kind of similar to the cold open as it exists now. 
strangers at the wedding talking about how it had to be that way with Thanos with the guy in the in the pew uh the are you happy conversation with Rachel McAdams still happens and the wedding is interrupted by America's arrival strange and Wong meet America with ponytail strangers corpse in tow maybe there's an octopus fight some monster came flying through with them maybe you just cut the octopus fight I don't really care but it's not like a minion of Wanda right scene plays out pretty much the same uh, <laughs> so now Wanda has completely succumbed to the dark hold since last time we saw, you know, the scene previous and she chooses to dreamwalk and she dreamwalks specifically to the universe. America just left the ponytail universe and she sits in on a ponytail Avengers debriefing the events of the cold open. And it's revealed that the dark hold corrupted dreamwalking strange is what's causing the incursions, not America. Good warning for her to have, but she's too corrupted to care. So yeah, by time uh, you know America gets her, or by time Wanda gets her hands on America, she's completely corrupted. It makes sense that she's forgotten everything she learned in WandaVision because she's just like succumbed to this corruption. Um, and it's taken the reasonable goal of seeking help from others into this perverse, selfish power grab. Uh, the dark, the dark hold is the reason she forgets everything she learned in WandaVision. Uh, now Doc has to stop stop her without succumbing to the dark hold himself, and then. I have a little more to this, but I need to pause because I feel like I'm rambling. <laughs> so th- thoughts so far. Does that at least clean up the beginning as it exists in this movie? The only problem is that it adds like a half hour to this movie. <laughs> um, d- I'm saying you cut the octopus fight. So the whole oh, scene enough. with the ponytail adventures replaces the octopus. That's fight. the action thing that replaces the octopus fight. Okay, that's fair. And the cold open with ponytail strange in America gets replaced by Wanda's dream montage. So I don't think it does. All right. It's, it, it definitely doesn't add as much to the movie as I was worried it would. Fair. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's just like that alone. If that was to happen, I think would make the rest of the movie as it plays out, make a hell of a lot more sense. Cause we know that the dark hold is corrupting. So therefore we can, it's why Wanda yeah. loses everything she learned in. It's a much more eloquent way to kind of rehash stuff that people who've seen WandaVision already know uh, without necessarily making it feel like you're just revisiting that material. That is exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm and it, hoping I was communicating and it, that well. It catches people who haven't watched the series up to what's going on, more or less, too. So, Because yeah. yeah. like I said, in the last episode of WandaVision, uh, Catherine Hahn does just a great job of explaining the stakes of the Darkhold and what it means to Wanda. And because none of that is in this movie, it's why folks like Greg might just be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so. The only part I want to add to this, this is my sort of second part. I love in this movie that the Book of Ashanti is kind of this like non-MacGuffin. Um, Doc's like, well, she's got the Darkhold, so we should get the Book of Ashanti. And then as soon as he does, it's destroyed. It's too perfect a solution. They literally say it's like, oh, the Book of Ashanti. You, it gives you whatever the sorcerer needs to solve their problem. And I love that in this movie, as it exists, as soon as he gets it, it's it's gone. Yeah. Um, and he has to explore other options, specifically the Darkhold. Um, but it kind of happens in this movie. But in my new version here, it's a little more explicit. Ponytail Strange, Darkhold corrupted, right? But the Ponytail Avengers killed him, so Bullet dodged. 838 Strange, Darkhold corrupted and had to be killed, as explained by the Illuminati in this movie. And then the sort of like punished Strange who does corrupt the Darkhold, he got away with it. And this really just those three guys really cement the idea that the Ponytail Avengers and the Illuminati were correct about having to kill Strange because he's a dick in every dimension. And they serve as the foil to 616 Strange, uh, who still uses the Darkhold, but does so... Again, this is all kind of in the movie, but it's just more explicit now with the help of Christine and Wanda or Christine Wong and America. Um, you can handle the dark hold with a little help from your friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> that, Thoughts that, on that? That cleans. Yeah. I like our pitch for the better movie from the first half better, but uh, mm-hmm. I do think that's a good way to clean up what's already here. Yeah, that was that was my pick. And I wrote that like a week ago. And then earlier today, I was like, wait a minute, what do we just start again? And it's this multiverse. <laughs> so the fun thing about my version here, and this is what I want to throw to you guys. We now see the ponytail Avengers and we now see the Illuminati. 
who would you like to see in those two teams? I have a list, but I'd love to throw it to you guys. Well, I'm I'm who okay are the with Ponytail Avengers and I'm who okay, are the Illuminati. I'm okay with the Illuminati continuing to exist as they are, especially if we're not really changing that part of the movie. Yeah, but I think really I think the Ponytail Avengers you could have some fun with. I think Red Hulk would be fun on the Ponytail mm-hmm. Avengers. The uh, have Thunderbolt Ross as the Hulk. Sure. Um, just to give an alternate Hulk, uh, I think you could have some fun with another alternate Captain America as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be, it would be really funny if like Lady Sif or one of the Warriors three was like the Thor analog on the ponytail Avengers. Love it. Um, I actually, I'm just going to straight up say Lady Sif. It should be Lady Sif yeah. on the uh, ponytail <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. You could have, you could have a lot of fun with that. Here's my pitch for Ponytail Avengers. Uh, you take the uh, Monica Rambo version of Captain Marvel and Agent Carter out of the Illuminati, put them on the Ponytail Avengers, okay. along with Donald Glover as Spider-Man, Miles <laughs> or Peter, I don't care. Um, a fun way, a fun way to get Miles Morales into the uh, into the MCU yeah. movies. I'll, I'll grant that. I wrote Deadpool, but you know what? I like um, I like your pitch for Lady Sif uh, better, a bit better. <laughs> Uh, and then I'd also love to see, since Wanda's there with her kids, I'd love to see her kids kind of as fledgling superheroes, because they get a little bit of that at the end of um, WandaVision. Yep. Um, so it's Wanda, uh, it's uh, her kids, and I think a smattering of X-Men and Magneto. Have Do you have Fassbender Magneto, or do you have uh, Ian McKellen? Fassbender Magneto. Okay. Which is an yeah. interesting counterpoint, actually, if you have Fassbender Magneto in the beginning, and then... Uh, Patrick Stewart, Professor X that's later on. Yeah. That's that's kind of a fun thing. I like that. Yeah. Um, especially because then having like, yeah, uh, that's just, I, I want it to be like, oh, we can have some some kind of X-Men uh, fun here at the top of uh, the Ponytail Avengers cold open. Um, also, because I want to change who the Illuminati are, because I've read the Illuminati comics and the Illuminati that exist in this movie aren't the ones from the comics. And it'd be so easy to make them the, comic, the ones from the comics. Uh, so... Because we've moved Agent Carter and Rambo Captain Marvel to the Ponytail Avengers, the new Illuminati is Reed Richards, Namor, Black Bolt, uh, Shuri or Suri, Black Panther, because mm-hmm. obviously Chadwick Boseman's not able to do it. So just get uh, that other lady to be the Black Panther on the Illuminati, an alternate cast Spider-Man, or sorry, an alternate cast Iron Man. Maybe it's Tom Cruise. Maybe <laughs> it's anyone. I don't care. Just have some fun with it. Uh, uh, um, uh, an Iron Man recast and Mordo Supreme, uh, but having Reed Namor, a version of the Black Panther, Black Bolt, Iron Man, and a Sorcerer Supreme is the Illuminati from the comics. So. Yeah, you could even if you uh, if you wanted to bring back like Gwyneth Paltrow, you could have her be the Iron Man in the Illuminati. Oh yeah, there you go. Love it. Love that. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man. Or or you could even you could even say that Tony Stark still died in that universe and have maybe Rhodes as War yeah. Machine. Is his replacement? Have Terrence Howard. <laughs> Get Terrence Howard. Give him a bone. He so foolishly threw away. But uh, yeah, you could you could have a lot of fun with alternate like Avengers, quote unquote, with both the Ponytail Avengers and the Illuminati, because the Illuminati is the Avengers. Yeah, just from that world, right? So yeah, precisely. Yeah, fun times. So yeah, those are I- my <laughs> being being the non Marvel person here. I'm gonna reach into. The uh, the Disney IP for my team, which is, consists okay. of Indiana Jones, Jack Sparrow, Merida from Brave, The Rocketeer, and Bing Bong from Inside Out. <laughs> Sweet. Get an alternate vision in there somewhere. Yeah. Mm, alternate visions on the Ponytail Avengers. Yeah, he never died. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you for indulging that. Uh, like I said, it was it was me trying to fix what was on the page, and then I got to have fun recasting alternate Avenger timeline guys. So, speaking of alternate universes, yeah, we have a whole uh, other universe of listener comments, uh, versions of the reality where you guys host the podcast and we submit the comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to believe our listeners are tired of hearing my voice this episode. So once again, Scott, can I ask you to read the listener comments? Sure. All right. So first up, we've got Patreon supporter Robin from Cinematological says, make it about Doctor Strange. Release it from dragging lore behind it and unleash the R-rated Raimi. 
Yeah, this movie has a lot of lore baggage, and Raimi feels restrained. Yeah, I, I, I think I said that earlier in the episode, where it just feels like a little bit of echoes of Raimi rather than a full-on Raimi film. And I, 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 yeah, I think it would be really interesting, but will never happen to see what an R-rated Marvel movie would look like. Um, but they aren't interested in doing that. They're interested in four Guantan tent poles. So. Good luck. <laughs> well, we've got Deadpool coming back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So yeah, I suppose we might see it. We might see it. Chris, oh, Chris I, I just wanted to follow up on that on that oh, thought sorry. there. Um, when we say what you know, like a Raimi movie, you think Evil Dead, but also Spider Man, and Spider Man's like a straight up one of the all time great superhero movies. Um, but I I do think this movie, even as it is, would be served if it took itself much more seriously um and and seriously and spooky um lean into the like the horror element of it whereas this still feels like not just some quippy bathos but like pizza balls like it's just it it would be it would be more interesting if all the the multiverses they went to were a little more like fucked basically we're, we're a little more spooky well especially because both strange and wanda are dealing with dark magic like mm-hmm. the multiverse uh jumping is like the innocent power of a plucky teen but the two adults that she's dragging along with her on this journey are both dealing with some dark magic and like yeah you can have more monsters and more weird multiverse stuff absolutely you should I think in some ways the themes are sort of at odds with the with sort of the playful multiverse romp that I felt like I was supposed to be getting with this movie. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I would also be interested to go the other way too, just like just going far more uh, lighthearted with it. Yeah. And it's a drag because the the what if episode about Doctor Strange is kind of what we're describing. Kind of. Yeah. Chris says the recent Marvel movies all take bits of three or four different ideas and try to bolt them together into something coherent. And it's exhausting. The fix, just tell a Dr. Strange story. Also more interesting magic, like the music attack instead of magical buzzsaws. I mean, that's also what Robin said, make it a Dr. Strange movie as opposed to a kind of everybody else in Dr. Strange is along for the ride movie. Uh Yeah. I think uh, saying it's exhausting is exactly what I said in our our private chat. I was like, after I was finished with this, it's like inevitably all these Marvel movies uh, turn into just a cacophony of of visual noise to me, and mm-hmm. that's the part I find really exhausting. Um, yeah, and I I just, I just don't know if they're ever going to improve on that from here, and it's part of the reason why I've kind of like checked out. It's just like, I just can't. And like, like most big temple movies feel like that now. It's not just a Marvel problem. So I just don't want to just like dump on, on that particular studio. It just seems to be the way that everything goes now where ultimately, no matter what your movie is about, eventually it has to end in some sort of like massive CGI schmoz. And I, I find that, um, a little disappointing that just like no movie really seems to be able to get away from that a whole lot. At six rabbit says, damn it. Bitching about comics and movies is what I do best, but don't even remember this one, which is a terrible <laughs> thing for an MCU movie. Either way. Can't wait to hear your takes. Uh, that's more funny. or less what I said before yeah. I recorded. Like, <laughs> that's also something that Greg said. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I said that I had watched it on Tuesday. Today is Thursday. And I swear to God that I've forgotten half of it. Friend of the pod, Olav, says, oh boy, I will have to get my bile ducts unmitigated before I can even begin to write up my criticisms for this movie. <laughs> I take it Not- that you didn't like the movie, Olav. <laughs> I think like we said at the beginning, it both disappoints people who are not particularly invested in the MCU and it disappoints people who are deeply invested in the MCU. Uh, so, yeah. I scream, you scream for movies says if I rewrite the multiverse of madness, I get rid of Wanda and separate her into her own movie. And I'd have this film more about the multiverse than its character arc driven story. So basically you're kind of pitching the what if series. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which is a little bit what we had at the beginning, which strong as I think it is 
is very similar to Into the Spider-Verse and it's very similar to What If, which is, yeah, kind of why I felt I my my fix of what's here was was worth exploring because there's a lot of versions of this movie that are just Into the Spider-Verse, but Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, I think maybe we might have hit the nail on the head with our opening pitch, which was basically like the multiverse has already played out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zolgar says it felt like every time Raimi started to lean into the horror, some exec tapped him on the shoulder and went, ahem, PG-13. Yeah, like we we said that earlier, that he felt restrained. I think that's mm-hmm. a fair assessment. And I, I mean, I don't even think it's the rating is the problem because the uh, Marvel special uh, Werewolf by Night took itself pretty seriously, had horror elements. Um if this had been presented with the same sort of like fun austerity that werewolf by night had Raimi could have gone nuts and still kept a PG 13. Lori writes, I mostly like multiverse of madness, except it fell for my oldest pet peeve. A villain was presented with the illogic and irrationality of their plan. And instead of justifying even incorrectly their goal, they just pulled off the equivalent of no, you're not the boss of me only to have that very thing be the whole freaking point. And I hate, hate, hate that. He continues like, it's supposed to be an emotional response. I get that, but we didn't even get an I'll make them love me moment when she realized the other versions of her still existed. It was just, yeah, well, I guess I'm evil now. So shucks, no changing course. It was infuriating. Yeah. Um, especially cause some of the Marvel villains are so famous for having a relatable goal intellectually like Killmonger. It's like, yeah, he kind of makes a good point. Yeah. Uh, the flag smashers. Yeah. They kind of make a good point. Uh, and the interesting thing about Wanda is she makes a good point emotionally, whereas like Killmonger makes a good point intellectually. Um, and it's, it's right there. It's, it's right there. And they, they kind of half ass it. Yeah. They, Instead they definitely what, fumble what says here. Tack writes an essay as he usually does, but we love to hear it. Tack keep sending them in. Uh, here it goes. Number one, move WandaVision to after this movie. Now she's less developed, but less removed from her villain origins. So she can have a proper heel turn without the audience feeling betrayed. Plus an unambiguously good ending for WandaVision. And this movie won't need to speed through exposition for audiences who haven't seen WandaVision and doesn't have to bend around canon for those who have. Yes, that means Wanda wants her dream life with Vision instead. This is this kind of ties into something that I said earlier, actually, which was I think that Vision needs to be involved. And I really mm-hmm. like the idea of putting this before WandaVision, because then you do have her have her heel turn in this movie, and then she can finally learn the lesson in WandaVision and have a face turn again. Yeah, I think I think that actually makes more sense from a narrative standpoint. Put WandaVision after this. I think Tack absolutely nails it on that. Number two, he continues, give us a short scene where Wanda starts to second guess herself, but the Darkhold manipulates her back. Not unlike Doc Ock and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, that's a big thing I was pitching. I want to see it corrupt her. I want to see the like Raimi-esque corruption. Number three. When Strange first encounters his dead body, he tries to read its soul or something, only for a bunch of demons to almost escape. Just a little setup for the finale. That does set up the finale. That also makes it a little more explicit that Ponytail Strange is corrupted by the Darkhold, which, again, ties into stuff Liam was saying. Yes, in my second fix, I did want to note that my second fix, I deliberately was like, how do we keep the corpse of Ponytail Strange so we get that killer ending? And that's why I, yeah, so... Number four attack goes, make 838 slightly more clearly fascist. Push it just a little out of plausible deniability by the end. So yeah, make the Illuminati a little more overtly heavy-handed with the way that they're kind of running mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Make them a little less sympathetic. I, I actually, I agree with that. I think that's, it, they shouldn't just be opposing strange. They should, they should be a little more villainous. I agree with that. They, they should be the, the yeah. Well, well-meaning extremists who've gone too far, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah. That's what I was trying to articulate. Thank you. And number five, change the title. It's great, but man, 
Are fans upset that it aims to be an efficient, well-crafted story and on a content delivery system for hundreds of market-tested universe iterations to fulfill audience expectations of a whimsical title? It. I'm not defensive. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I said, I've said this before, but I, I love our listeners. Like, there's so much really great, thoughtful stuff coming from them. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, and a lot of that stuff is now regularly discussed and digested and bandied back and forth on our discord. Uh, indeed it is. Uh, please follow us on social media, facebook.com slash. I have some notes at, I have some notes on Twitter. And of course, check out uh, our link tree for a link to the discord server where we're having a lot of great conversations uh, with our listeners. We're getting some good comments. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a blast so far. So the, and the more, the better. Cause there's never a shortage of movie stuff to discuss. Um, or at the very least, wherever it is you're listening to this, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe, rate, review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks. Yeah. Another thing you can do to support us right now is you can head over to patreon.com slash I have some notes. If you'd be interested in giving us a little monthly financial support, that helps keep the lights on around here. And we really appreciate all of our patrons who are currently signed up. And that includes Robin from Cinematological, Sharon, Amanda, and Josh. Thank you guys for your support. We love you all. We got some bonus content on there now, too. We actually came through mm. with the with the bonus stuff. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Ch- check out I Have Some Rex. And after you've checked out I Have Some Rex, you can come back here in two weeks for uh, probably another movie fix. Although it could be something else. We'll have to wait and see. Until then, I'm your host, Liam Kresik. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Keep watching the skies. Keep watching the skies.